Welcome to Wise Health for Women Radio with Linda Prater. Women are pressed daily to give more, learn more, and be more, often at the expense of mind, body, or spirit. Each week with intriguing guests and topics, we'll bring you fresh ways to view your limited time, encouraging a shift to new, healthier perspectives. Wise Health for Women Radio, helping women thrive. And now here's your host, Linda Prater. Good morning. We are very pleased that you've joined us today. In our series on grief and loss, we've been talking about various types of usually death loss with other people. And last week we moved into more of today's world, uh, the quarantine, the coronavirus, COVID-19, and what it means in terms of losing touch with face-to-face contact largely, um, being quarantined. That word itself is such a tough word to listen to. But we're going to call this our quarantine edition. And Susie and I are going to walk through some of the things that we've experienced, that you may have experienced, and try and put some logic and some calm and some ways to pause into your world. And we hope it's really helpful Because all this cumulative effect is definitely raising the anxiety and psyche in America these days. So, Susie, welcome to this program, and let's take it away. Thank you. Um, I think that what you said, though, about the cumulative effect and and when you're talking about loss in general, and Mm -hmm. we've mentioned before about how grief is often looked at in the aspect of having lost a person, so that that death, but there's so much loss right now in general Mm -hmm. across the society, and so many people um, may have lost a, a job, there's the concern of health, there's so many things going on, just communication, not knowing what's going on, um, uncertainty in itself. And I think that that is a great way of looking at loss and, and grieving because we don't often put grief in those other boxes. So I appreciate that um, opportunity to kind of focus on that a little bit. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling it. And, you know, we're both in the helping professions, so we're, we're trying to help others with this. And, and yet, as we are walking through each day with the uncertainty, with the relentless messaging that's coming through and the resultant confusion, I'll give you an example. Yesterday, Maryland was put on lockdown. And the way it came out initially from our governor without all the details, because you can't put all the details in a press conference, (laughs) was that you must stay in your home. You may not leave the house. You may not cross state lines unless you are essential. Uh, So medicine and food are the only two reasons you should be in your car. And the way it came down initially was you can't leave your yard. And so people who had been accepting being at home suddenly felt, really trapped and we're in a community where you can walk but picture this in a baltimore suburb that or an exurb that doesn't have sidewalks or large apartment buildings and there was a lot of unnecessary panic because the messaging came out in such a a a rushed way we got the cell phone alert the national alert that came over your cell phone but surprisingly Another thing that caused anxiety was that that message completely disappeared in a minute. So I thought, well, I'll I'll read it 
you know, after I'm done this phone call I'm on, and you couldn't read it because it had disappeared. So I thought that was particularly confusing. And so intellectually, I can understand you send this out, this is an alert, this is reinforcing what has been requested, but clearly not followed. And so the resultant effect was one of, okay, what does this really mean? And I don't think that's an isolated incident. Do you? I don't think so. And I I think, too, that oftentimes the people with the information forget that the other people don't have any information when they're trying to communicate. And the general population may not, not only not have information, but they may not have a real understanding of communication or what's involved or any of these things. And so I think too often those with the information leave out the smallest (laughs) details, the small, the most important things, because when you're communicating that it's, it's fear inducing, it's confusing. Um, and then to have it pulled back and not be able to access it again, that, that in itself is, well, what are they trying to hide? (laughs) So now you're feeding into conspiracies and everything else, but then also, essentially being told that, you know, we are, you are locked down, you cannot go anywhere. So then you've got two sides of, of that in itself. I would be like, well, you're not going to tell me what to do. Well, part of it is, you know, this is America. And what we've been seeing is weighing our freedoms with our need for public safety. And that is not an easy line to walk. As it turns out, the details really matter. Right. And so over the course of the day, the details came out. But, but this was over a period of hours. Right. So for example, our, our delegates, our legislators were sending out emails with specific details that, okay, it wasn't as bad as it originally appeared. But when you're at listening to a presser that says, okay, if we find you where you're not supposed to be, <laughs> it's imprisonment for up to a year or a fine up to $5,000, and it's a misdemeanor. So what do you remember out of the presser? Stay home, misdemeanor, and fines. Right. <laughs> and punishment. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so there's, there's, that's just a single example of what has been occurring. And so I, I think that these details really do matter. And, and as you say, I think those that are making these decisions and getting the word out sometimes forget the audience at the other end because they they feel like they've given the message 10 times. Now they're not asking. Now they're telling. And, and I think too, I, I've seen this in, in situations within organizations when they've experienced, you know, a loss of some, some sort of crisis mm-hmm. and crisis communications. The important, the most important thing is to all be on the same page yes. and have all of the details in the beginning. But there's this push from the other side too, even though they may not know everything and they may not have all of those details, this need to know what's going on. Right. And so sometimes those with the information feel as though they have to hurry and rush and get information out because there's this um, growing interest in what's going on. And, and so it's, it's difficult to be on this side as well. If you do have the information, but the most important thing is don't, don't rush and, and push out misinformation or partial information before you're ready to do so, because Mm -hmm. then you create even more issues and problems and confusion. And that is 
definitely the last thing that we need right now because there's so much confusion and so much misinformation. And then you have people on social media who take a snippet of something and completely change it. So, you know, when it comes to um, grief and loss, it's so important in conversations and communications that you realize that first of all, people are in stress mode Mm -hmm. and they are not necessarily comprehending everything that you're saying because we pick pick and pull. And I would have definitely you just heard, heard me do the same prison. Thing. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, and I'm, I'm tend to be a rule follower and that's why. And the reason we're being put in lockdown is because people weren't following the rules. Right. And so, you know, large parties being held one in my neighborhood last <gasps> week, you know, it makes you just question. I was right. going to say something more violent, but I don't <laughs> want to do that. Um, but it makes you question, why are people making us stay in longer and longer by their behaviors? So right. if we all do pay attention, we can reduce the level of anxiety. But that brings me to a, a, a point that has been helpful for me, and I'd love to intersperse these things throughout and <laughs> please jump in, is that I am tuning into, okay, you are an information overload. Your your chest is tight, your stomach's in a knot, and your shoulders are making their way to your mm. ears. And so when that happens, I stay off. Uh, I get off of social media. I stop, you know, paying attention to the news. And I give myself a pause because it's the cumulative effect. It is not helping things. And in the meantime, you and I are still trying to answer you know, people's queries and, and questions and trying to check in with people. That's a topic for a whole nother segment. But if you understand what I'm saying, it's, it's got, we've got to take the time to pause and be a little bit self-aware. And if someone is making you so stressed out, ask if, you know, say that. I mean, just as a suggestion, you know, I'm finding that I'm getting a little overwhelmed with this conversation. Can we change the topic? for a short while. Do you have suggestions along those lines? I think that that's something that it it takes a little bit of introspection to as far as what what is conducive for you during this Mm -hmm. time. And um, I've been having conversations with people just about how there's a new normal for stress and for anxiety right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that we're all at heightened points. So I think it's important to realize that and that everything that we're consuming information wise is going to add to that. But, you know, I, I may not be able to consume as much, um, of the information as someone else, you know, but so it's, I think it's important to understand that, but then also realizing that you can't be inundated by this type of, of information or negative information or, you know, whatever it is all day long and not be affected. So it is important to pause and it is important to, to take the time away from social media, but it's also so consuming. And I have mm-hmm. friends that we often joke, I, I fell into down the rabbit hole, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, um, because that one minute that you're on social media, you look up and it's been an hour and you're like, where did that time go? So, um, exactly. I yeah, it is terrible, but I personally, like I have an iPhone and I have time limits on my phone. Mm-hmm. And, um, when it comes to social media apps after whatever the amount of time is that I've set for each app, it lets me know. And then it shuts it down. And I'm like, that's all I need for today. Yes. Um, 
And I think that sometimes taking that power outside of our own conscious control is important because it is so consuming. Well, I, I completely agree with you. And that's why alerts, your, your turnoffs for your social media, that's, that's a great way to do it because it, it happens. You can get sucked in the rabbit hole. Right. Suddenly it's 11 o'clock at night. You usually go down to 10. So what the heck is happening? So at any rate, we will continue uh, after this short break. Don't go away. This is important stuff. We're Wise Health for Women Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. With temptation around every decked out hall and every decorated corner trying to lure you off your healthy eating plan, it's imperative to use your willpower during this holiday season. Self-control is like a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it gets. It's fine to indulge a little, but the problem is most of us don't know when to stop. There are dishes full of Christmas candy, plates filled with cookies, not to mention all the wonderful and delicious food gifts. It's easy to get carried away and eat things that you know you shouldn't and that will put the pounds on. So during this cheery time of the year, put your self-control to work. Consume small portions when you eat and know when to stop. By eating slowly and having small portions, you will show your willpower to stick to a healthy lifestyle. For the Fitness Minute... I'm Annette Hammond. Visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. Do you ever wonder if you're the only woman who runs errands in her yoga pants so it will look like she went to the gym? Or how about the only mom who feeds her kids raw cookie dough? Or are you the only one who cooks her family cold cereal for dinner? Do you need more laughter and less loudness? More self-love and less self-loathing. More joy and less judgment. You're not alone. Come to The Living Room, a place where we get comfy, candid, and confident together. Come seeking sanctuary and leave feeling renewed. We are saving a seat for you. Give yourself some living room today. back. I think one of the things that has made this uh, experience of staying at home, you know, having limited contact with other people is the different effect it has on whether you're someone who is an extrovert needing to be and feeding off the energy of other people or an introvert, which is you're more inward and reflective um, and the, the ever-present ambivert who can do, go both ways depending on the trust level and how how much you are enjoying the situation. But I have seen a lot of themes online that are talking about, you know, extroverts are having a particularly difficult time right now because they aren't around a lot of people. And this is very new to them. 
I've seen that and I've seen where um, there's almost a call to action for all of the introverts to give them tips and advice on how to Mm -hmm. how to manage and what what they Mm -hmm. can do. But um, I think that's a important thing because that's how we we get our energy back. That's how we recenter ourselves is either um, on our own or through interactions. And that's not necessarily something that can be taught or a skill that can be transferred (laughs) over. Um, no, it's an eight. Right. And, and I think too, that there are, there are ways to do that as an extrovert. You can still have communications. It's very different, but I know a lot of friends are, are posting. I can't wait to hug everyone <laughs> when, when this is over. Right. And I'm like, that sounds awful. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I don't mind hugging. I am a hugger just... though, I, but, but only with people I choose. Feel, I, mean, right. I, I, I just don't go generally going around hugging people, right. but, but I do need physical touch. And I, I think that's important, but extroverts don't always want to be hugged. They, no, no, no. They don't. Yeah. But I hear I, what you're saying. I think that they're going like, how, how can we go from getting zero interaction to just filling it all up at once? So, right. Um, but I, I mean, I think that that's part of the difficulty in what you talked about with, you know, people throwing parties and things. They see this almost as a time of vacation. Oh, spring break. And, right. And then you have people who need to be on other people and they just don't understand that concept of it's important that we aren't you know, interacting like we were, this is, is about protect, protecting others. So that introvert and extrovert, this, which we've always kind of butted heads throughout time. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think too, that, you know, like you and I were discussing, we get classified as extroverts because we're in fields where we're public and we have conversations, but, um, people don't know that after I do public speaking, I go home and take a nap for three hours. <laughs> I need to, I need to be, I need to be still is how I put it. And, you know, that's why gardening or being with my pets, you know, those are things that, that restore, but I absolutely agree with you. And one of the things that I think is important to emphasize here for those who do think it's a, a spring break or, or not as serious, although I think there are fewer of those at this point, is I have so many of my family members in immune compromise situations mm-hmm. or in the highest risk populations, and so we cannot see them. And mm-hmm. there's college-age kids who aren't allowed to come home at, until they've quarantined for two weeks because it's that unsettled in the home. And And those are the things that are, are tough to get back. That is a loss. That is a loss that you just can't come home. I have another friend who, um, it was getting married, is getting married, uh, later this summer and has decided with this, no, I want to get married now. Well, guess what? The courts are closed and she can't get a license. Mm. And so, okay, she had a solution. She was just going to make it simple and wear her dress to a party later, but now she can't get a license. For two months. So there, there is a lot of disappointment and loss that we're not thinking of, but it matters to people. And each person's story is a little bit different. I can't see my grandchildren right now. Are you there? Yes. Oh, sorry. Um, well, and I, I just think said, too. I'm sorry. I just said I can't see my grandchildren right now. You know, they're far away. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's just not possible. 
Well, and um, I have my children. I told them, let's draw some some pictures for my grandfather. Um, he's he's in his nineties and had actually just had some immune issues right before the the coronavirus hit um, in the United States, and so I haven't seen him in at least a month at this point. And I'm, mm-hmm. I, I want to, I want to go visit, but I know that that's not what's best for him, and mm-hmm. so it's difficult because. He also can't see very well. So even though we're going to draw pictures and things, you know, it's it's not the same as actually being there. Um, and I think that there are a lot of people that we don't necessarily think about with situations similar to ours, where there are people in our, our lives that we are concerned about and do mm-hmm. have different issues. So it is I, I think it affects people um, in different ways that we may not really even be aware of. But, you know, what you were talking about, the her not being able to go and get a license, I, I feel like across the board, we're all at a point where we've kind of had a loss of liberty, a loss of freedom. Yes. Um, and, and I think that that's part of the issue is we are very free people. Yes, we are. <laughs> and nobody and, tells us what to do. Exactly. <laughs> and now we're being told what to do. And I feel like a teenager again <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, we want to, some of us want to rebel. Um, some of us are rule followers and, and we want to, you know, we understand the importance, but then there are those who say, I'm just not going to do it for whatever reasons. Mm. Um, so that's difficult because we have to, at this point, you have to set aside that freedom to understand that it's, it is a, there is more purpose here than just ourselves. Um, Absolutely. It, it struck me when they unfurl the picture of the globe in a flat mm. manner that it's all filled with virus. Mm. And it, it occurs to you probably for the first time in a very long time, this is our one and only place to live. So we need to take care of it and people. And I will say that, you know, one of the moments that I absolutely loved from the last two days, I suppose, is the the picture of the mercy ship going right past the Statue of Liberty. That gave me goosebumps. Mm. And the efforts to set up field hospitals in Central Park and in other parts of the country, Louisiana, California, there's some amazing, heroic, creative stories coming out right now. And I, I tend to try and find at least three of those a day because that helps me. So there's another another tip for, for those who are looking right. for ways to, to get some positive feeling because I don't care how optimistic you are. This is a, a pretty serious situation. And so looking for the gratitude of something is really helpful. In the, it is to me. Well, and I think that that's a way of connecting us as human beings. And, you know, when it comes to loss, um, one of the most powerful things is finding a purpose, finding meaning. And Mm -hmm. and there's not always a meaning or a purpose for everyone. But if you can look for those things, it makes you feel less alone um, and more connected. And I think right now we, we feel alone. We're physically in different situations, we may not be able to see people. We may not be able to go to work like we did. So being able to find those things that can connect you, whether it's on a local level or on a much larger scale across 
across the country is really important for people right now. And I think too, that that gives some feeling of hope. (laughs) Yes. Um, because I think right now it's because of uncertainty and because of not knowing what's going on. And then just the situation in itself is very dire. Um, it's, there's so much anxiety around everything. So it, it can feel almost like there's no hope and it's a grim time. But when you see human beings stepping outside and doing things that are better for others and not necessarily for themselves, I think that that that's rewarding in a lot of ways. Um, and I know that that's why people in, in our fields tend to do things. It's not for ourselves. Most mm-hmm. of us aren't millionaires <laughs> from trying to help each other. No, right. So. <laughs> well, it's interesting you mentioned that uh, we had a community Facebook post that was asking, you know, can anybody make masks, the cloth masks? And so I, I was the only person that responded on the strand, but it ended up being a group of 15 of us, and we have produced together 500 cotton wow. masks in eight days. Oh, wow. And so the goal is a 1,000, and I can't tell you how much purpose that gave me over the last two weekends. My son is a paramedic on the front lines in Colorado. He was in, he, he was uh, exposed in one of the very first uh, patients that came in in Colorado because they were introduced through uh, international skiers mm-hmm. out at the mountains. And so this is personal to me. So, you know, I, I, I said to him, how are you doing on masks and PPE? And he said, we're okay. And I said, should I save you some? And he said, no, we're okay. And that was very reassuring. And so just communication, that's engagement. My right. son, you know, does, he's not given to long phone calls with mom. <laughs> um, but, but just the communication was truly helpful because purpose is, is good to find. So that actually really helped me over the weekend. And there are projects that you can do right now from home safely. Not just that, but there are many other things that you can do. And, you know, I, I urge people who, who have a need or a skill, either one, to find something that gives you some purpose right now that's outside of, I mean, yes, it's connected, but it's outside of ruminating. Mm. Well, and volunteermatch.com is a great site that you can go yes. to and look for volunteer opportunities. And then mm-hmm. I, I know United Way um, and there are local chapters all over, but they have been organizing a lot of volunteer opportunities that, again, people can do from home. And, and there's so many different, I mean, whether it's fielding calls where people need mm-hmm. resources, a lot of people are unemployed and looking for work. Um, I mean, there's so many things that an individual can do that is a much better use of time than ruminating over all of this chaos. And and the thing is that, you know, what I'm seeing, people are saying, well, just look at today and don't worry about tomorrow. (laughs) It's so easy to say that. Uh (laughs) Um, But when you keep yourself occupied and keep yourself busy with something today, that's an easier way of not worrying about what's happening tomorrow because the reality is that, that none of us on this, this level have the ability to know what's going to happen tomorrow or in two weeks or three weeks. So, No, we are limited in our forward vision there and crystal balls, but we can take this moment at the moment. So we're going on another quick break. We'll be right back and continue our discussion. 
We're Wise Health for Women Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. was growing up in Wisconsin, no matter how frigid it was outside, my Uncle Bob never seemed to get cold. He would come in from the snow wearing a t-shirt and remark how fresh it was outside. Then again, folks from Wisconsin are a pretty hardy bunch. As America's official dairy state, the cows have been known to give ice cream instead of milk when the temperatures drop. What's a word for a giant snowball that is formed by rolling a smaller one through a field of snow? hog a dog Megla is an old Scots word meaning to trudge laboriously through the snow. And mufflements is an old Lancashire word for thick, warm, insulating clothes and gloves. Don't forget that you shouldn't try and send text messages if you're standing out in the cold. It can lead to typothermia. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. When it comes to maintaining your present weight and keeping your heart healthy, 10,000 is the magic number. You need to take at least 10,000 steps a day, so clip on your pedometer and start walking. The average man takes 7,000 steps per day, while women take 5,000 steps. People walked more on workdays, weekdays, and the days they participated in sports and exercise. At the end of the day, check your pedometer and see how many steps you've taken. If you need more to reach your goal of 10,000, go for a walk or a run. Everything counts. Shopping, cleaning the house, mowing the lawn, walking to and from your car. It all needs to add up to the magic number of 10,000 steps per day. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. Welcome back. I think at this point we're going to take a tiny shift and talk about the fact that, well, this is very difficult. What are things we can do to to stay connected with people? We certainly can communicate. We can use email and text messaging and uh, social media, etc. But so far as connecting, there's a lot of superficial going on right now. So I, I know I checked in with one person and I said, how are you doing? Really? And she said, okay. But it was said in such a tone that I thought, hmm. So I said, tell me more. And she then did. But some people will not. And I, I want to share this quote by C.S. Lewis because you and I do this when we check in with people all the time. And the quote is this. I have learned now that while those who speak about one's miseries usually hurt, those who keep silence hurt more. I love that. I do too. And and yet I worry about the ones who I don't hear from. So Mm. it's a good time to just do that reach out. You may not have any idea how much your outreach really meant to them, but it can't hurt. No, and I think, too, that there are going to be, and even outside of times like this, there are always going to be people that are uncomfortable just openly sharing mm-hmm. what they're going through. Mm-hmm. And and so that 
becomes a bit of a responsibility on those around them to show that they are trustworthy because sometimes we're struggling with things that we may not even have the power of putting words behind. Mm -hmm. Um, and then for others, we've been taught that we don't communicate vulnerability. We don't communicate, we don't share things that, um, are inappropriate and that's not a good word, but that's what we've been taught. So I think too, in my realm, I've learned that sometimes that means that I have to be vulnerable first in yes. order for them to feel comfortable or to have that, that capability of trusting me. Um, and that's, that word comes up over and over again when it comes to experiences of trauma or loss, mm-hmm. because trust is not often there. Um, and it's such an easy word to throw around, but it's such a difficult word to earn. <laughs> uh, and once lost, very hard to regain. Very so, very much so, especially for someone who's experienced trauma or, or pain or loss, mm-hmm. because um, it may be, I find that there's two types of people. There are those who immediately trust you and you have to do something to lose that trust. And then there are those who you have to earn that trust before they're going to give it to That's you. That's true. Um, and you don't often know who people are, so it's, it's easier to have that conversation and figure that out. Um, I have a brother-in-law who said, I trust everyone until they show me a reason not to. And I said, I'm very different. (laughs) Um, you have to earn my trust. And that doesn't mean that I, I don't have relationships or communicate. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of what information I'm sharing with others. So in that, um, you know, trust is a very vulnerable thing and it's a very intimate thing to me. Um, and I think that when you're having conversations with people, especially during times like this, you can't necessarily expect them to just open up and say, I'm anxious and I'm very concerned and I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, maybe it's a matter of sharing. These are the things that I'm feeling and I can only imagine what you may be going through. And whether you're ready to talk to me now or not, I just need you to know that I'm here for you. Right. And I think we need to use caution when we're online. Mm. I, I think that that's a place where you can be really badly hurt if someone replies to a comment that you post or takes it on a different tangent. Um, caution, especially you know, respond not react is is always so important to remember hard to do but you know when in doubt leave it out that's one of my life's rules comes from sailing when in doubt let it out but but at any rate but when in doubt leave it out because i often wonder aloud to myself you know is this is what i'm about to write helpful and if it's not i don't write it and I'm seeing actually more, um, re- people are limiting a little bit more of what they're saying. I'm not seeing such vitriol being thrown out in a casual thread about a topic unrelated to this. And, and I'm hoping that maybe one of the silver linings we come out of this with is an awareness of how vulnerable we all are and how interconnected. I know that's probably Pollyanna. But I'd rather try that than to think that we, we don't care about each other because I think we do. 
Well, I've seen that. Um, even just yesterday, I had um, I had shared a post, and I saw two people. One immediately said, um, "Must be Trump supporters," and then immediately I someone saw else post. You, commented yes. back. And I haven't responded yet, but one of them said at one point he said. I don't think that Susie likes, likes people doing yeah. political stuff. And I wanted to hug him. Yes. <laughs> because I don't. I hate it. No. Um, and I, I, I feel like I try to be very open about that. But I don't know that people understand why. I do have political opinions. And they're my opinions. And we all know how those go. But um, if if I put my political opinions out, then I have completely... I've stood my ground and I've yes. let an entire other side of the fence, whichever side that is, know that I'm not with them. And and what I do, I can't do that. Right. I, I cannot have an entire people say, well, she's she wouldn't help us. And so to me, it's a matter of my opinion really doesn't matter in that. Um, and I don't know that people understand that. They just think, well, she doesn't want to talk about politics mm-hmm. because I will. But I also have to be in that setting that I feel comfortable and safe in doing so so that people understand that no matter what, my opinion will never influence influence or keep me from helping someone. And I think that's so vital to the communication and, and the information that we're doing because too often our opinions take precedence over humanity. <laughs> well, and, um, and I'll put that into the labeling category. I, I'm just going to come right out with a very strong word. I despise <laughs> labels. I think they restrict people. Mm-hmm. I think they cause judgment. Um, I think they polarize and I don't like them. I work very hard not to use them. That doesn't mean I don't discern, you know, other other things that I'm fond of and not fond of, but I think labels have a way of shutting down conversations without having an honest debate. But I I do understand. I saw that post, and I I, I just think that anything polarizing right now is not helpful. It's not. And I, I mean, I'm seeing that too. And we had briefly discussed just what's going on in the Asian community. Yes. And- I think that this is, that's exactly what's happening is you take a, a phrase and you, it, it can be innocuous. It can be something that people don't necessarily have ill intent around, but there again is miscommunication and misunderstanding and not having a lot of information or not having an education level or whatever you want to say. And now people are attacking an entire population, an entire demographic, an entire mm-hmm. people because it's the Chinese virus instead of a virus. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that that's a perfect example of how a label can create problems. Um, but I, I often tell people that language is very powerful. Words are very powerful. And we we don't take the time to give them their, their, their due sometimes. And they will take on an entire... Um, meaning of their own if we allow them to do so. And, and when you have powerful people using phrases or words or language in such a way, they influence, period. Um, and I, I've talked recently with a, another woman about social responsibility. Yes. 
and I think that that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the content that we're putting out. We're talking about how we're communicating and the labeling and things that we're doing. We, we all have a bit of social responsibility because Mm we influence those around us. Some of us have larger spheres of influence. And I think that when we have those spheres of influence that we have, we sh- we should be held accountable for some of the things <laughs> that we're doing, um, and it may be unintentional. And I, I don't necessarily believe that everyone is uh, has ill intent. But at the same time, Maya Angelou had a perfect quote, um, mm-hmm. and I'll get it wrong, but you can't you, you can't hold yourself accountable for what you didn't know until you knew it. But once you know it, you need to learn from it and move forward. Um, and I think that that's that's the point is when people are saying these things are harmful that we have to step back and say, well, how do we shift that? And how can I shift my language around that and change um, how I'm influencing others? Because it is happening. And we can't ignore that it's happening. I'll give you another Maya Angelou. Um, You won't possibly remember what people say. You won't remember what Mm. they do, but you will remember how they made you feel. I love that one too. I do too. And, And I think that we... We are, we are feeling a lot of stress and strain these days. So whatever we can do as individuals, it will add up. Just as the cumulative effect of negativity can harm us right now, positivity can work in the same way. And so if one by one by one by one, I like to say one plus one equals 11. <laughs> and it, it, but it makes sense to me. Right. It will, it can work in the other direction too. And so there are, you know, helpful ways to, to speak and talk and, and be and connect because we're all in this uncertainty together on this one and only earth that we live on. And so I, I absolutely agree with you on that. And loss is hard to define sometimes. It's very hard to define right now. I think so. And I think too, that there's so many different types of loss happening all at once mm-hmm. across the board. And, you know, I, I find that we try to compare things too often Ugh. and you cannot compare loss period because nope. it, it simply is. Um, and I think that's the important thing is just because one person has lost one thing, it doesn't detract from your own loss and your own pain and your own suffering. And so I, I feel compassion and that is necessary. We need to just understand that this really sucks for everyone, <laughs> you know, um, the simplest way to put it, it, it's hard for all of us. And that doesn't make it any less hard or more hard for another individual than it is for you. Um, but what can we do, do during this to make that 11? And I feel too, that unfortunately, sometimes those positives take more, <laughs> to it takes more energy. Yeah. Yes, I agree with you. I think it sometimes takes more energy to keep Keep finding the positive in everything, but I'm going to keep trying. We're on our final break, and we'll be right back. I have more to talk about. Don't go away. We're Wise Health for Women Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. evening 
in 1929, William Lear and Elmer Wavering of Quincy, Illinois, were out driving with their girlfriends. One of the girls suggested it would be even more romantic if they could listen to music. The guys liked the idea and started tinkering with installing a home radio in the car. They sold their idea to a radio manufacturing company and applied for a loan with a local banker to get production started. Thinking it might sweeten the deal, they installed one of their new radios in the banker's vehicle. Unfortunately, the banker's car caught on fire, and they didn't get the loan. They must have felt like Dunder Klumpens. Not giving up, they drove to a radio convention and sat outside in the car with the radio blasting. Soon, orders were pouring in and taking a cue from the Victrola because their radio was going in a car. They called it the Motorola. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. During the holidays, temptation is everywhere. Christmas parties, office parties, Thanksgiving dinner, Christmas dinner, New Year's parties, not to mention the cookie exchanges and delectable food gifts. It seems like every time you turn around, you're faced with temptation to eat the wrong foods and get off your healthy living lifestyle. I want you to know that you can go through the holiday season and make good choices and still have a fabulous and merry time. This holiday season, don't make food your focus. There's so much more to the holidays than just incredible food. Make your family, friends, and loved ones the focal point of the season. Center in on the true meaning of why we celebrate and give thanks. It's okay to enjoy some wonderful food, too. Just keep your portion sizes in check and stay faithful to your exercise. I'm Annette Hammond. Visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. Welcome back. I think we were talking on the break about, you know, oftentimes we have this routine. We we go to work or we take the kids to school or we do various things. And our routine has now been drastically changed. And I am one of those people who needs to see, I don't know, progress, results. I mean, it's amazing what digging in the dirt and making a garden can do for me, but so can cleaning up the kitchen and walking in, and it's something to show for my efforts. That's why making the mask was important for me. And I'm seeing wonderful things happening. I'm seeing other people out with their children who you normally would not see. Uh, there have been stories about cooking. My family has some of my cousins are getting together and switching off who makes dinner um, and who's eating the fourth bowl of cereal when cereal <laughs> is limited. But you, you know what I'm saying. It's, it's interesting to watch some of the togetherness part that wasn't there before because you're talking about sometimes college-age children coming back home and, okay, the dynamic changes when you leave and when you come back uh, or when children are no longer going to school. But I'm, I'm seeing wonderful things being shared. I am too, and it's exciting to see that. I think too that um, it, whether we realize it or not, a lot of us have been put in timeout. So, uh, um, and during timeout, we have had a lot of time to reevaluate where we need to put our to- our efforts and energy. And I agree that um, I like to see some progress and some results and some tangible things 
and I think that I'm seeing more of that across my social media feed in a lot of ways. I'm seeing people spending time with their kids or, um, you know, drawing, doing activities. A lot of <laughs> mothers are now teachers. Exactly. <laughs> I know I'm not doing great at it, but <laughs> I'm trying. Um, but also the gardening and I, I've, I've learned a lot about cooking and recipes. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think that that's, a good use of, of time and effort. And I feel like too, that when you have people putting that kind of content out, it's encouraging to others. And then it's, it's almost like, Oh, well, I want to do that. Or I want to try that recipe or let me get back into gardening or um, things like that. And I find that I'm seeing things that people are doing that I had no idea they had skills to do that. Isn't so, that fun? It is fun. I had a friend who posted and she had um, sewed a shirt together. And I thought, mm-hmm. I didn't know you could sew. And how did I not know that? But also, when did we ever discuss those things? We right. Didn't. So no. um, I think that that's, that's been interesting to see some of the hobbies or skills that people have. And it's encouraging. And it's a new, it's a new way to connect with them because at this time, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of going back to the things that we're drawn to. Um, and that's a, a wonderful way to connect is, is thing like people who like to cook or people who like to garden. Mm-hmm. Now you and I can talk about the sun and <laughs> my, yes. you know, my plants not getting enough sun or, um, what would you do here? Or do you have any tips? And, uh, you know, gardeners have an entire, I found before when I was gardening that we are an, a, a, a cult unto ourselves. Oh yes. Um, so I love that though, that, that those are ways that you just can't, that's a way of building a community that you can't build um, in other realms or in other ways. So no, and it's very interesting. Uh, my daughter homeschools her two children and now the third who was in preschool. And so she was giving um, with another Montessori teacher. She works in the afternoons professionally, remotely, and teaches in the morning. And now she's doing both, which is really interesting on her own. And she's having the challenges that many, many parents are having. But she did an Instagram live event for the last two Saturdays. And she's helping other people and she's giving resources and it's it's so interesting to watch this side of her because while I see it when I visit this is so wonderful to see likewise my friends who love museums and artwork there are hundreds of museums that are now giving virtual tours online uh, aquariums same thing it's an outpouring of resources that wasn't there. I mean, Disney streaming movies <laughs> that they weren't going to respond to or, or release rather. Right. Uh, it's, it's interesting, but I want to talk about health too, because one of my friends posted, so after this is over, does my 600 pound life call me <laughs> or do I call them? And, and I laugh because the, there's that group that is like yeehaw i'm i'm definitely boredom eating and oh well that's the way it is and then there's the other group that says all right here's a wake-up call you know i i I want to lose that 10 or i don't want to gain the quarantine 15 and so exercise and walking and uh biking and you know just anything right you're indoors I live, happen to live in a vertical house, so I, you can't help but, you know, do stairs all the right. time. So 
it is interesting to watch how everybody is addressing this. And my guess is people will shift. You know, at first they'll maybe eat too much or cook, cook a lot and then that may get old. And so then they shift to something else. Um, it is springtime. Do you realize how blessed we are that this isn't entering oh, winter? I know. Because I know. that does affect a lot of people. It does. And I have seasonal affective disorder and that's just, it's terrible because I can go outside and get it. It's a fresh breath of air. I mean, it's like, Mm -hmm. I haven't been able to see in a while and then I'm outside and it it helps so much. So I am very thankful that it's springtime and I can go play in the dirt and do something productive. But I think you're right. Um, I I actually saw that meme and I thought, yes, (laughs) Um, because there's a sense of, uh, doing something and eating is something, right? And so Mm -hmm. I think that we fill time with things and food is a comfort thing for a lot of people anyways, but, you know, finding passions or finding arts or finding things that can fulfill us. Um, and I think that that's, we're all kind of looking for that in different ways and how can we fill some time and how can we fill a need and how can we feel fulfilled? Well, Um, and go back to hobbies. You may have dropped. Right. I mean, I love to knit, but I usually knit for other people. I knit baby sweaters because they're small and you can finish them quickly, etc. I've started a sweater for me. And believe it or not, I'm on the last sleeve <laughs> all during the last month. And it's it's been very satisfying and I might actually keep this one. It's it's not that I don't like what I'm knitting. It's that the joy for me is in the knitting right? as opposed to the product. So maybe I'll gift it. I don't know. <laughs> but I think that there are hobbies that people have given up. I've seen people going back to art. They're going back to thinking of creative uh, gifts for people, just to things to drop in the mailbox. I know I've been the beneficiary of somebody who put a spaghetti squash in my <laughs> paper box. And I thought it was a – I wasn't sure what it was at first. And I thought <laughs> – it's a papaya. No, wait, it's not. It's a spaghetti squash. So there's amusing things that you can do that are not difficult or expensive that can bring joy. And let's face it, sparking joy at a time like this can be difficult and certainly not something that happens all the time. But if you can be lighter of heart and connect with people and, and think of things, I don't know, I get joy out of surprising people or, right. or delighting people, I guess is a better way to put it. Others. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, and I've been thinking of notes and cards and things to write, yes. who to write to. And, and I think too, that it's a great way to keep us occupied during this time, but you and I are in relationships mm-hmm. and when, when you're looking forward, you're thinking of thinking back on those times, who was there for you during those difficult yes. times. And it may not be something that, took a lot of effort or time on our part, but it was the thought and it was the the point of trying for that other person. Mm -hmm. And again, I think that that's so important right now because even though this is where we are right now, we don't know where we're going to be in a year and economy and everything else, things may get even harder. So Mm -hmm. I think it's so important to focus on how do we help one another and build connections and build community and let people know that if they need someone, we are here for them. We are here, exactly. Um, But maybe next time when someone puts a possible papaya in the mailbox, (laughs) maybe a recipe. Thank goodness. I said, thank you for the papaya. And they said, it's a spaghetti sauce. I'm like, 
good oh, to know. Yeah. <laughs> so clearly it isn't on my, you know, grocery list. Yeah. As you can pass a recipe out. card though. Yeah. <laughs> well, I went and looked it up and I would also put out that I'm leaving messages for uh, my grandchildren. I'm reading them books actually mm. on Marco Polo because it's a free app. There isn't a time limit and I can, and they're young. So these are short picture books that I can read them and they read themselves, but the youngest does not. And so it's fascinating to just, uh, and I've done a word of the day and did you know robust comes from robustos, which means strong as an oak. And so I, and it's very interesting to do these things with people because you said words matter. Well, I happen to love words and synonyms and antonyms. So I'm just throwing those out there for people who may be looking for just small ways to connect with their family in a new way that might make them smile. I love it. No, I love that. Um, I, I love etymology. So finding the I history of things. Oh, I'll send um, them to you from now on. That'd be fabulous. Yes. I appreciate that. Cause I'm always, every time I do presentations, I'm like, did you know what this means? And there's so many words that we use every day that we just don't even understand the history of. And I think it's so important. Um, and, and right now we are creating history. So I think keeping that in mind and figuring out how we want to move forward and look back on this is so important. I do too. And I think we want to know we did our best. And so, uh, if you want more information about Susie, you go to Susie Reese, R-E-E-C-E dot org. And we'll put the information in the show notes. And I'm so grateful we had this conversation. I know it helps me to talk about what's going on in the world and our part of it. And I, I hope that we've been able to give a few ideas and thoughts and maybe a laugh or two. And I'll, I'll, I'll end with the fact that I'm holding back this photograph that I'm going to put out somewhere on a post. And it's just a picture of a bumblebee butt. It says, no, no virus talk, no politics, just a bumblebee butt. <laughs> so look, look for it. It's coming along the way. Susie, thank you again for your time and, and wisdom. And I love doing this series. I think we have lots more to talk about. And grief and loss is part of life. But let's look at it together. And let's walk this world and this journey together. Talk to you next week. Make it a great week. Thank you for tuning in today. You can find more shows at wisehealthforwomenradio.com. ever met one of those people who just can't be stopped it's like they're unstoppable yeah i have me too 